welcome to this Meetings Today podcast. We're joined today with Harris Rosen, President and Chief Operating Officer of Rosen Hotels and Resorts, um, which is really just a huge um, influence in Orlando, um, either the first or second largest meetings destination in the U.S., depending on when you check the statistics. So um, thanks for uh, joining us today, Harris. Oh, you're welcome, Tyler. And um, I saw a great clip of Vice President Pence and Governor DeSantis participated at a roundtable on COVID-19 at uh, one of your properties, the uh, Rosen Shingle Creek. And you were, of course, the host and also a participant. Um, tell everyone what you learned there and, and uh, how it went and what your impressions were. Well, I, I, I really must confess that uh, I didn't have uh, an idea of what would transpire. Um, I was told that my role as host was to introduce uh, the vice president uh, of the United States and the governor of Florida. Um, and so I was prepared to do that. Um, I noticed that there were um, people, uh, some of whom I knew, uh, around the um, speaker's uh, table. Um, and I uh, assumed that they were invited um, um, by the governor and or the vice president um, to represent the hospitality industry. Um, and I was sitting at the head table right next to the vice president uh, and the governor. And so um, the governor and the vice president uh, were introduced by me. And then they began by slowly um, moving around the table. And um, various components of the tourist industry were represented, and everyone spoke. Um, they were quiet, uh, they were dignified, they were respectful. <laughs> and um, suddenly, um, the vice president turned to me uh, pointed a finger in my direction. I don't hear very well, and so I must confess that I didn't hear what he said, but he pointed to me and then kind of relaxed, and I said, oh, to myself, I guess he just introduced me <laughs> and is anticipating that I will make some comments. Yeah. I had no teleprompter, no notes, uh, but I had a lot on my mind. And I began by saying that um, I, I think that the hospitality industry in Central Florida, which is the dominant economic component, um, is struggling very, very, very badly. And if indeed we don't correct that situation as quickly as we can, we may never fully recover. And I think you described it as a being in a deep uh, depression, even. I, which I, is I, I did. Very I strong didn't, words. I didn't do that. I did, did indeed do that. And, and then I, I, I indicated that when I served with Uncle Sam, I learned a lot. But one of the things that I learned, which I have never forgotten, is the word K I S S keep it simple, stupid. 
And I said, things have gotten far too complicated. We have to keep it simple. And I have a simple solution. And I think everybody was listening intently. I said, two things are so incredibly important. One, that we provide an opportunity for every business. I don't care if they're a tiny little business that has two or three employees or a giant business that has thousands and thousands of associates. We have to provide everyone an equal opportunity to open as quickly as possible. No more delays, no more of these silly restrictions. We must open. How do we do it? KISS. One, we do have restrictions. And the only difference in the Rosen plan and what we're doing now is that the owner of the establishment will create the restrictions. They will know best what is the appropriate restriction for their particular company. Uh, and number two, uh, besides the restrictions, we should protect the customer, the guest, the client, and we should protect the individuals who are working in that particular establishment. How do we do that? Because we don't have a test that we can do in a matter of minutes, we have to screen. Now, I understand that screening is imperfect um, and that if someone is asymptomatic, uh, they might have a normal temperature, but they may be carrying the virus. I understand that, but screening is better than no screening. And so the Rosen plan is screen every person entering the establishment, screen on a daily basis everyone working in the establishment, and at least we have some semblance of security that that particular facility is now safe. And are you instituting that in your hotels now, or what sort of uh, protocols and precautions are you taking? And, and that, that is a very fair question. Sadly, of the eight properties I own and operate, only one is open. Uh, and that's been a situation for a couple of months now, and it is terrible. It is awful. And, and so to answer your question, yes, at Rosen Center, we are screening everyone who enters the building. Um, and number two, on a daily basis, we are screening all of our associates. And so our guests are safe and secure, knowing that our associates are all screened and our associates feel comfortable that the guests, when they enter the establishment, are screened also. And I think, um, you, you know, you mentioned, I believe, in, in uh, an op-ed piece you penned with uh, Anthony Sabatini, uh, a representative in the Florida House of Representatives, that there exist new walk-through scanners that can help uh, detect COVID-19 by checking temperature, respiration rate, and the blood oxygen level of people. Um, is that something you think is on the horizon and something uh, that people are going to see more often in facilities? You know what I'm hoping and praying is that a test will be created that will be able to determine if someone has the virus or doesn't, and that the test will be able to be completed 
in a few minutes. When yeah. that happens, then we're home free. Then instead of screening, we can test and we will know definitively if that guest or our employee uh, has the virus. And, and that's what my hope and my prayer is, that soon we will have such a test. In the meantime, uh, the, the most sophisticated screening there is doesn't solve 100% of the problems. Uh, but we live with that. You know, <clears throat> what I said was that when you step into your car to drive to work, you don't know for sure if you're going to get to work without somebody smashing into you. When you step on a plane, you don't know for sure if that plane is going to arrive safely. When you're at the beach and you go in for a swim, you don't know if a riptide is going to catch you or if a shark is going to get you. There are uncertainties in every aspect of life, and so one should anticipate and one should be flexible in this regard also, that the screening is not perfect, and we acknowledge that. One day, hopefully, there will be a test that we could administer quickly and one that is very reliable. And I think, you know, one, one thing uh, I think people need to think about more is that a big part of this equation is the travelers and, and attendees themselves and uh, in their mind, you know, convincing themselves that it's safe to travel, to come to a hotel or to a convention. And I'm just uh, wondering what your opinions are on that. I mean, the, you could have as many tests or machines or, or protocols and procedures in any hotel or facility, but if uh, the demand's not there, people are scared to travel, they're just not going to go, right? Sadly, what you just said is so correct. And that was my great concern when I said, I'm not sure if Central Florida will ever be yeah. the great tourist mecca it once was. Um, that, that, that's a possibility. And what you just said, listen, with, with, with the public sector screaming at the top of its lungs for months, stay home, stay home, stay home, stay home, stay home, and wear a mask, wear a mask, wear a mask, wear a mask, social distancing, social distancing. It has an impact and yeah. will at some point in time that impact um, be, become less strident than it is now? I don't know. Only time will tell. But I think the damage has been done. The question is, is the damage permanent or is it just temporary? That's a question it, that has to be answered. Yeah, and I think, I mean, myself, personally, I love to travel. I'm, I'm itching to go travel again. So maybe, uh, you know, one bright side is I think there's a lot of other people that feel the same way. And uh, if we do open back, back up and it's a safe environment and uh, there's not any unfortunate uh, sort of second wave that happens, maybe it won't be as, as bad as we all fear it could be. So, Tyler, my answer to that is to clone you several hundred million times. Yes. <laughs> well, they, they, they tried it and it didn't work. They just ended up with all my faults anyway. No. As, as long so, as you love to travel, I'm happy with you. All right. Um, and then um, before we, before we um, end today's uh, program, you, know, you mentioned uh, the cent Central Florida is so 
reliant on tourism. Um, you know, I noticed today, I think it was, or maybe it was yesterday, Disney is announcing plans to reopen. Tell me, what is it like, you know, taking off your hotelier, your, uh, your Rosen Hotels and Resorts hat, but just as a participant and a, a business person in the Orlando uh, tourism industry, what is it like there? What are you hearing? Uh, and what can people expect in the near future? Well, um, until we had the roundtable and until I shared my perspective with those in attendance, um, I, I do believe that uh, depression was something that um, was embedded in the heart and soul of almost everyone who works in the hospitality and tourism industry. Um, I was hearing from friends of mine who were indicating to me that if things didn't turn around quickly, they would close their business. Uh, not only a few, uh, a fair number of individuals who said, we just can't continue as it is. Um, and so I think, thank God, uh, the vice president came with the governor. Thank God I was asked to say a few words. Thank God I'm not timid or afraid to speak my mind uh, in a, a cordial and respectful way. And I think since then, uh, things have changed dramatically. Um, dozens and dozens and dozens of uh, small, medium, and large companies have opened. Uh, there are still restrictions, but the restrictions are much less cumbersome than they were even several weeks ago. And I think there's an attitude now amongst those in the industry that if we work hard, if individuals begin to feel comfortable traveling again, that we won't get back to where we were quickly, if ever, but at least we will be able to uh, pay our debts, uh, pay whatever uh, expenses we have, take care of our associates, and um, work doing what we love doing more than anything in the world. Um, I don't know what the future holds. Um, I am not overly optimistic, but I do believe at least we're taking baby steps. And with um, Universal opening on the 5th and Disney opening, I think it's July 11th, um, we're heading at least in the right direction. But we still have uh, four, five, six, seven months of um, difficulty ahead of us. And uh, I don't see things turning around rapidly at all. Mm -hmm. And and how about just with your own brand? You, I saw that you have some very extensive uh, procedures and protocols that you're rolling out in. And, and, you know, kind of ironically enough, you have a very firm uh, background in, in healthcare. I mean, you even launched your own healthcare program, Rosencare in 1991, and uh, even uh, expanded uh, that uh, care program to Osceola County Schools recently. 
Um, so you're in a good position to really know what you're talking about here. Um, you know, what, you know, from your um, hotels and resorts in the Orlando area, what are your plans to um, open them back up and roll them out in, in phases, et cetera? Well, Tyler, you certainly have done your homework. Yes, um, we, we decided to create our own medical center, which we've been doing now for 28 years. And um, it's been enormously successful. It is scary. I mean, people thought I was crazy when I said that I was going to open my own little clinic, hire my own primary care doctor, a nurse practitioner, and some clericals, um, create my own pharmaceutical program, become self-insured. Uh, people looked at me and said, Rosen, you've really lost your mind. Not only did we not lose our mind, but over the 28 years, when we compare our costs per individual, they refer to it as a cost per covered life, with the national average, we've saved about a, a $450 million. If you extrapolate the Rosen Care approach and program and, and um, what, what, what we do to encourage um, wellness and, and health, uh, if the United States of America, 250 million people all working, uh, if they all had a Rosen Care program where they work, uh, it is not inconceivable that the United States of America would save on health care uh, close to a trillion dollars a year. So my hope is that um, people will begin looking at what the Rosencare program is all about, what we have accomplished. Um, and once again, KISS, keep it simple, stupid. If indeed you keep people healthy, it will reduce health care costs. That sounds incredibly dumb, but it's true. And so we work diligently to keep our people healthy. Um, we motivate them. We don't have any deductibles in our plan. Um, if you have a pharmaceutical, a generic, and you go to Walmart, I will pay. You don't have to worry about it. If you're in the hospital, your first admission is $750 total. The second is $750. $1,500 is all you will pay if you're hospitalized twice and you work for Rosen. Um, and, and, and so with that kind of a plan, that incentive to stay healthy and, and to be able to get all of the pharmaceuticals need, to, to not be concerned about staying uh, two or three or four days or a week or two. Here, here's a perfect example, Tyler. Uh, four years ago, I got word that a little baby was, was born to one of our associates and the baby weighed just a little over two pounds. The baby was in the hospital with mom for about three weeks. Mom got the bill. The bill was $2,140,000. What did mom pay? $750. And we gave her three years to pay that off. I paid the balance with my own insurance company. So, wow. look, we can get into a whole conversation about health care <laughs> and, and, and about hospitals not, not being transparent with their pricing. But for the time being, what we're saying is there is a solution to the healthcare dilemma, and that is to at least take a look at Rosencare and, and see if you, as a, a business owner, would, would like to replicate it. Uh, you have to have at least 1,000 covered lives. If you're a little business, join forces with some of your buddies in the area until you get close to seven, until you get close to 1,000 covered lives, and then open up your own little medical center. I would love to see that happen.
Well, great. Thanks. Uh, yeah. And I know you love to talk about that. It's really a fascinating story. And, uh, and personally, uh, you know, thanks for taking care of your associates so well. Um, and then, oh, and then are there plans for uh, when your properties are going to reopen? Oh, excuse me. By the way, that little girl is four years old and as healthy as can be. Okay. Sure. Um, so we are most likely going to open our second property uh, at the end of June, a third property at the beginning of July. And that leaves us with five properties. And if things really start to uh, improve dramatically, uh, I think by the end of July, we'll have six or seven of our hotels open. And as we move into August, September and October, my hope is that we'll just continue to be able to generate a positive cash flow in, in all of our properties. That's my dream. Excellent. Well, I wish you all the best of luck in that. And thank you for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Tyler. It was a joy speaking with you. Thank you. And that was Harris Rosen, the uh, president and chief operating officer of Rosen Hotels and Resorts. Um, thanks to Harris for joining us. And thanks to you for listening to this Meetings Today podcast. If you're interested in more Meetings Today podcasts, just head on over to our website, at meetingstoday.com and check out our podcast section where we have lots of uh, interesting podcasts with thought leaders in the meetings and tourism industry. So thanks for joining us today and go out and make it a great rest of the day.